building a winning New Orleans Saints draft in just four rounds. Kenny Pickett, is he still an option at 18? And if not Jameis, if not Teddy, then who? Could it be Jimmy Garoppolo? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another post-NFL Combine Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, USA Today, Saints Wire, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net, the one-stop shop, everything that you need for all the odds, lines, and props more than ever before over at BetOnline, where the game starts. Today, I wanted to show how you can win the NFL draft for the New Orleans Saints in just four rounds without even so much as making a trade. Yes, it can be done. Will it be done? We'll see come April. But on today's Mock Draft Monday, I think we made it happen. So let's talk through to open things up with my four-round Mock Draft. Just wanted to do four rounds, and those are my rules. Four rounds, five selections, right? Because you've got uh, a first, a second, you've got a compensatory third, and then you have their usual fourth-round pick as well as an expected compensatory fourth-round pick for uh, Trey Hendrickson. That compensatory third came in last year for uh, Terry Fontenot when he was hired by the Atlanta Falcons. So I wanted to do those five selections in four rounds with no trades, even though we know the New Orleans Saints are probably going to mobilize, move around, do all that stuff to see if I could win the draft for the Saints. That way, under the assumption that you're basically replacing all of the key positions that we've talked about so far this offseason with the exception of quarterback. And the only reason why I made the exception of quarterback was because it made things a little bit easier because I made things harder myself. I want to make it a little bit easier. And then you can assume that if there's any position that the New Orleans Saints are really going to target in free agency, their focus is going to be on quarterback first. So that means we're looking at replacing interior defensive line. We're looking at replacing Marcus Williams. We're looking at replacing uh, wide receiver, offensive tackle. We're still looking at all of those positions. So I wanted to go ahead and get this started and also put on display how deep this wide receiver class is. So no, I did not take a wide receiver in the first round, but I helped you out. I also didn't take an offensive lineman in the first round either. I did take a defensive lineman in the first round, though, so you might, be, you might be a little bit mad at me. But hold on. We still have five selections that we're going to go through. So I had to do this. It's probably not going to happen. Save yourselves the sending me messages, but I was probably not going to happen. I know. I understand. But it happened in the mock draft, so I did it. Pick number 18, Jordan Davis of Georgia was there. I don't know if you saw Jordan Davis run his 489 or, or whatever he ran at the combine at 341 pounds. But it was terrifying, and I want that terror on the New Orleans Saints defensive line. And if you look for a guy that can play one tech, that can play three tech, that can rotate and move around a little bit with David Onyemata, even at 341 pounds, Jordan Davis can absolutely do that, and he showed you the athleticism. Now, if you think Jordan Davis won't be here at 18, which I completely understand, the guys over at Lockdown NFL Draft actually jumped him into the top 10 in theirs. You can look at another guy like Devontae Wyatt, potentially, that could potentially be there at 18, a couple of other good defensive tackles that'll be around at 18 as well. So, but Jordan Davis, you, you can't pass him up at 18. I had to do it. And he takes care of 
what is probably the biggest need over on the defensive side as of right now, but there could be another need that opens up, which is safety if the Saints can't keep Marcus Williams. According to reports, they're not expected to use the franchise tag on Marcus Williams and that they are keen on getting a long-term deal done. However, if they're working on a long-term deal, you got a week. You got a week before other teams start calling Marcus Williams and saying, hey, here's how much money we can give you, which is not the same amount of money that the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to get him and you potentially lose him in that case. So I went again with the assumption that we were going to have to replace this position. So I went with Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Now, he's not as rangy. He doesn't have the ball skills that Marcus Williams has. And honestly, that's okay. 6'1", 200 pounds, plays downhill really well, incredible sideline to sideline in the run game. He does have sufficient range, right? He can get around and he can move around, but he's also got the versatility that you like that at least gives you the opportunity to say, let's get a look at him in camp at that single high safety look. But if that doesn't work, hopefully the Saints are able to retain PJ Williams. PJ Williams can maybe man that role for a little bit. He's played that role well when asked to over the last little bit. CJ Gardner-Johnson can play that role. Lewisine could play in the slot. There's a lot of different things that you would be able to do here. So you want to find, I think, the most all-around safety that you can. Jaquan Brisker was not on the board for me at this point, but honestly, Brisker's more of a box safety, so he's not necessarily somebody that you would actually trust putting back deep. He doesn't have the range. So for me, Lewisine becomes that guy. Lewisine, Lewisine becomes that guy uh, at pick number 49 for the New Orleans Saints in the second round. Now let's go to pick 100, at least in, in this uh, simulator's mock draft. Uh, I went with wide receiver here. So we're now into the third round, the bottom of the third round, compensatory picks in the third round. And there were several receivers that I could still choose from. Calvin Austin was still on the board. Khalil Shakir was still on the board. Uh, Wandale Robinson was still on the board. But I wanted to go with a Z receiver, not a slot receiver. So I wanted to go with somebody that could line up at wide receiver two and be opposite Michael Williams. So I went with South Alabama wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. Now, if you like slot receivers, you could probably go slot receiver here and then try to find a prototypical Z receiver somewhere else, or you could flip, which is kind of what my thought process was here. Go find the Z receiver, find the number two receiver opposite Michael Thomas, come back later for the slot receiver if you want to do that. There's also all of free agency that happens before this draft actually happens as well. So you could probably find a slot or a Z receiver in free agency and then go for the other in the draft. You got a double dip this offseason for sure. But I went with Jalen Tolbert because he's six foot three and he ran a four four nine and he's somebody that stretches the field. I mean, he has a similar heat chart to Chris Olave that we explained that starts around 10 yards downfield from the line of scrimmage and then goes up to 50 yards downfield from the line of scrimmage. He is a perennial deep threat. That is his game. Now he is a little slight. He is a little slim, uh, 195 pounds at six foot three. So he's a little wiry. So think about him as maybe like a little bit of a taller Ted Ginn Jr. That's kind of what he is. And I'm okay with that. And he doesn't have the skill level, right? He doesn't have the competition level, you know, over at South Alabama. I get that. But if his role is to be faster than the guy in front of him, it doesn't matter the skill level that he's played against. Now he's going to have some trouble creating separation against wide receivers in the NFL. So that immediate burst is something he's going to have to work on, but his ability to high point passes, his ability to win jump balls, that helps to make up in some cases, those times where he can't create the separation. And instead you're just looking to get somebody open downfield a bit, or even crossing over the middle. Okay. Coming back here, just a few picks later in the fourth round, I went with offensive tackle here out of Arizona State, Kellen Deesh. Kellen Deesh ran the second fastest 40-yard dash. Told you how to watch out for him. Max Mitchell, the guy that I thought was going to be super athletic, 
he was not super athletic. That was not him. <laughs> he did not have a good day at the combine. But Kellen Deesh, who's coming out of Arizona State, is somebody that you're going to love in the zone run scheme that you're going to love as a mobile offensive tackle. And maybe he needs some more time to develop. That's okay because you can always move Ryan Ramchek to the left side, have James Hurst start at the right side. And then you have a guy like Deesh who's able to either compete with James Hurst at right tackle, which then gives James Hurst the opportunity to potentially compete with let's say Cesar Ruiz on the inside potentially, which could help develop Cesar Ruiz a little bit more. But then you get a guy like Deesh who can play right tackle, left tackle for you, wherever it is that you need him. And then finally, probably my favorite selection, honestly, as much as I love Jalen Tolbert, as much as I really like Jordan Davis, um, Jelani Woods, uh, the off uh, or the tight end out of uh, Virginia, he is just a marvel. Uh, six foot seven, over 250 pounds, 245 pounds in some weigh-ins. Uh, he's going to be a little bit developmental, but he's a tight end that's going to be able to go out there and just be better than the guy in front of him. Uh, let me pull up some of his combine numbers because the combine numbers really put on display what it is that he was able to show. But even if you just look at his size, you fall in love with that size, right? We know that the Saints usually don't go for tight ends that are under six foot five or so. They've they've worked with a couple of them, don't get me wrong, but that's usually been kind of their threshold. He passes that up big time. So when you look at where it is at Jelani Woods fell, 46140 uh, at six foot seven, 259 pounds, excuse me, and then a 24 bench rep uh, collection there as well. So I thought that he performed extremely well at the combine, nine and a quarter inch hands. You'll take that. And he's somebody that can go out there and make some catches for you that can stretch the seam, that can do a ton. He can attack in a bunch of different ways and pretty good blocker too. He didn't really have any bad reps on the sled and he had uh, maybe one or two like small things with route running. But I think that those are things that you can absolutely work on. So that is our four round mock draft, five selections to win the draft for the New Orleans Saints. And I think that's a really good start, knowing that you can come back around and double dip at wide receiver again, knowing that you can maybe grab a versatile uh, cornerback or defensive back a little bit later. But to start off with Jordan Davis or any of the other very good interior defensive linemen, to go to Lewisine, to go to uh, Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver out of South Alabama, Kellen Deesh, who gives you what you need in terms of the ability to move around on the offensive line out of Arizona State, and then Jelani Woods out of Virginia gives you another big time receiving threat. I'm a big fan of all of this as long as you have the quarterback that can support it. And our friends over at Locked on NFL Draft gave the New Orleans Saints a quarterback in the uh, their their uh, post combine first round mock draft. They draft they mocked Kenny Pickett to the New Orleans Saints. Is he going to be a fit? I'll tell you why he actually could be as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over. At Built Bar, of course, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Here we are rolling into March. I hope that you're still going strong with your New Year's resolutions, especially if they're to get fit, eat right, things like that. So you want to make sure that Built Bar is a part of your plan. If you feel like you're kind of, you know, uh, getting a little loose on the New Year's resolution, they'll help you get back on track over at Built.com. They're low calorie, high in protein, and they can replace all your candy bar urges with something that's actually good for you as well. Check out these macros. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein though. Compare that to 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs of your favorite candy bar. And if you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, you should because they're about to be your favorite Built Bar, your favorite candy bar even because this is the world's first protein-infused marshmallow. Don't know how they do it, but they did it and they covered it in chocolate and it's delicious. So go and check them out over at built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on NFL YouTube page as well. The local experts on the biggest stories from a national scale, everything that you need in less than 30 minutes around the NFL. Don't forget to check out the boys over at Locked on NFL Draft as well, but I'll tell you about them a little bit later. I want to start off uh, our, our second so second sort of portion of the show here by taking a look at quarterback because we, we got a couple of quarterback conversations to have today. Um, the first of which is draft quarterbacks, right? We're, we're going to continue to have this conversation over and over and over again. Our free agency opens up in about a week. Um, legal tampering begins a week from today, which is the time to where people can start to agree in contra- on contracts in principle. Just, just make it, just make it free agency NFL. Like why even mess around with this? But anyway, y- you have all of these things. And so y- you look at the New Orleans Saints and the fact that they're going to be up against 31 other teams. Uh, not 31 other teams looking for quarterbacks, but more than a handful of other teams looking for quarterbacks. And maybe the draft is going to end up being the route that they have to go. If not for this year, then for next year, if they you know find somebody that they really like during the, during the draft process. So can Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh be that guy? We've talked a bunch about Malik Willis. We've talked a bunch about Matt Corral, but I haven't spent that much time on Kenny Pickett, who's a little bit more of a traditional style quarterback with mobility, right? We've kind of talked a bit more about Matt Corral and and Malik Willis, who are guys that can operate out of structure really well and that can operate in structure, but like to run around and sort of play that schoolyard brand of football, the, the Russell Wilson brand. But for the New Orleans Saints, they've never really had that quarterback, like literally ever. And so could Kenny Pickett be a better fit? And I know the big question around Kenny Pickett is the hand size, eight and a half inch hands, that that's teeny tiny. Um, the guys over at Locked on NFL Draft, Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, they mocked um, Kenny Pickett to the New Orleans Saints at 18. I want to mention that at 19 went Kyle Hamilton, one of the best safety prospects that we've seen in the NFL. So I probably would have gone with Kyle Hamilton if he fell that far. And I know Kyle Hamilton didn't have the greatest combine and everything, but you can see on the field what he can do. And he can do it all at six foot three, six foot four. So I would have gone with Kyle Hamilton there, especially thinking, oh, they might have to replace Marcus Williams because it looks like that whole situation isn't going to be as easy as maybe some would have hoped. And so if that's the case, Kyle Hamilton's a great replacement because he's the only really rangy, ball-skill-heavy safety in this draft. So he would be a great replacement for uh, Marcus Williams. But is he going to fall to 18? I don't know if his combine really did that much right to knock him down. So going with Kenny Pickett makes a ton of sense. And, and let's talk about why. Uh, I love what Eric Crocker said. Eric Crocker, former NFL, AFL, DB, he mentioned that the thing that's nice about drafting a guy like Kenny Pickett, even with the hand size issue, is that you kind of erase it by drafting him to a dome team because you'll play half of, sometimes more than half of your games in a dome without weather conditions, without anything like that. And then you have another game that you'll play in Atlanta. You'll have another game that you'll play in North Carolina and in Charlotte, which usually doesn't have that bad weather. And then you'll have another one that's in a humid uh, Tampa Bay area where if it's not raining actually benefits because the humidity will help you grip the ball. So you look at probably in that case, what, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 games in favorable conditions for somebody with small hands. Now, let's not sugarcoat it, right? I mean, eight and a half inch hands is small. Those are small hands, right? So even having that benefit will still probably rear its ugly head at some point in the NFL, right? At some point. But you know, look, we had that conversation about small hand size when it came to Joe Burrow last year. He goes to a Super Bowl in his second season, nine inch hands. So you're talking about a half inch difference, which is pretty considerable. So I don't want, that's why I'd say I don't want to sugarcoat it, right? But if you're going to put him in, in, in a position where it maximizes what he has, 
then yeah, drafting him to a dome team makes a ton of sense. Now, the Saints have nine home games this year, but one of them will be at Tottenham in um, in London. Hope, fingers are crossed that I'm going to be there for that game, by the way. If you're in London and you're a, you're a, a, a Houdat UKer, let me know. Uh, but we have that sort of advantage when it comes to a guy like Kenny Pickett, right? And we also have the advantage for when you're looking at the New Orleans Saints that you have an offense that's going to be predicated on short and intermediate area of attack. So you're not looking at throwing the ball 50 yards downfield every other play, right? You're looking at a slant here, a slant there, a quick out there, a crosser over the middle, maybe a post route or something like that. So you're looking at different throws that would be maybe less impacted by the hand size concern. So instead, you just look at his raw talent. What is it that a guy like Kenny Pickett can do? Well, he can push the ball downfield. At least he was able to in college. We'll see if he can do it in the NFL. But he's somebody that is accurate, that's good with timing routes, that works well in terms of RPO and introducing that a little bit to the New Orleans Saints offense would make a ton of sense in 2022. And he's somebody also that has legs. He can move. Remember, he's the one that patented the fake slide. He changed the rule in the in college football, right? So he has a little bit of mobility, escapability, things like that to be able to utilize as well. So he checks a lot of boxes, right? I mean, he's probably your other solidified round one quarterback that's not Malik Willis. The interesting thing would be if Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are both on the board and the Saints haven't settled in terms of what they want to do at quarterback yet, which one do you take? And I think you can make arguments for either one. I think either one would make sense. I would feel a little bit more secure with Malik Willis than I would with Kenny Pickett. Other people would feel a little bit more secure with Kenny Pickett than with Malik Willis. But I'll tell you that for me, the margin's thin. The margin's thin. Like I would be a little bit more comfortable with Malik Willis because I like his play style better. But I mean, that's a preference thing, right? That's not really like a one is better than the other thing. So in breaking down sort of why Kenny Pickett fits, you have a lot of different reasons that you can lean on. It's that, you know, the accuracy, the timing, the anticipation, the things that he does well, he reads defense as well, all that stuff may be better than Malik Willis, actually. And so I think that all of that makes a lot of sense in terms of bringing a guy like Kenny Pickett to New Orleans. We spent a lot of time talking about some of these other quarterback candidates, never really highlighted Kenny Pickett. So I just wanted to make sure that we talked about why he's a fit. And on top of all of this, this all goes without even saying that he might not even be asked to play in 2022 if drafted to the Saints, right? It could be an Ian Book situation. And I know a lot of people are kind of wondering, well, why would you draft a quarterback a year after drafting a quarterback? First of all, it happens all the time. Second of all, Ian Book was Sean Payton's guy. Sean Payton's not the coach anymore right? So who knows if Ian Book is still a guy that they are, you know, looking at as a future starter within the building with the same ferocity, right? Like with the same, or ferocity, with the same, you know, uh, uh, conviction, right? So when you look at where it is that Kenny Pickett would be, yeah, he's a little bit beyond potentially where Ian Book would be if Kenny Pickett is the guy for somebody like Dennis Allen and Ian Book isn't. So that's just something we don't know, right? And we would have to see. So Kenny Pickett, a fit. If he gets drafted to the New Orleans Saints at 18, I wouldn't be upset about it. I completely understand. And depending upon what you do in free agency, you might not even see him until 2023 anyway. So speaking of uh, quarterback and what the New Orleans Saints might have to do there, if not Jameis Winston, if not Teddy Bridgewater, then who? Sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo might be garnering some attention. We'll talk about whether or not he's a good fit and why this does make a bit of sense. We'll talk about it. We'll break it all down as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we get to that, I want to know, did you make any money during the NFL combine with our friends over at Bet Online? None of the records were really broken, although somebody got very close to you, John Ross, got very close. I think that record's going to be broken here in the next couple of 
seasons, let me say it that way. Uh, but when it comes down to it, you want to look at some odds, you want to look at some bets, you want to look at some props, you want to look at some trends, all of that, the best place to gather the greatest understanding of everything going on around sports gambling, sports betting is over at betonline.net. Don't forget to go and check them out. Football season might be over, but there's still a ton to get in on pro and college hoops. Pelicans finally losing, getting their uh, their winning streak snapped, but is Zion Williamson on the way back? There's a ton to look forward to when it comes to the NBA. And of course, the madness of March on the way. Here we are at March 7th, just about 10 days away or so. So go check them out to get all the latest odds, lines, props, player performance props, everything that you're looking for over at betonline.net. Check out all the podcast news and analysis on sports betting as well. They even have some uh, UFC, boxing, MMA, whole bunch of stuff over there for you to check out too. And so you can go and visit the website. It's betonline.net. Go and check them out. It's where the game starts. Let's get it. Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a simple question. Why not Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, let's answer the question. (laughs) So listen, the way that I look at this whole report around, and if you're not aware, there is a report floating around that the New Orleans Saints have been connected to Jimmy Garoppolo. Pause. I want to tell you what this means. What this means is that somewhere, someway, somehow, someone had a conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo right? That's basically it. Now, it could be that the Saints and the 49ers had a discussion about Jimmy Garoppolo. That's actually very likely. The Saints are going to be connected to and should be connected to every single available and probably not available quarterback in the NFL because they need a quarterback, right? They don't have one on the roster right now. They have Taysom Hill, they have Ian Book, they have Blake Bortles, but to expect one of those guys to be the future quarterback going into 2022, It's just not the case. Otherwise, the Saints wouldn't be talking about how they're still keeping communication with Jameis Winston and that Jameis Winston is an option for them and that figuring out what to do at quarterback is the number one priority for the team. If that wasn't, if if it was going to be one of the guys that's already in the building, then they wouldn't have anything to figure out. They would already know. And they'd be able to say, just like all these other teams around the NFL are saying, hey, Derek Carr is going to be the starting quarterback week one. And yes, we're committed to Baker Mayfield by the Browns and the Eagles. We're committed to Jalen Hurts. He's 23, led us to the playoffs, all these other things. You're not hearing that in New Orleans. So what does that mean? It means they're in the quarterback market. So because of that, yes, they're connected to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, they're connected to Mitch Trubisky. They'll probably be connected to to Nick Foles. Like they should be connected to every quarterback that's out there, just like they'll be connected to Russell Wilson if he he, uh, becomes available, to Aaron Rodgers if he becomes available, all of that. So yes, they have been connected, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. The way that I look at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is simple. He is not the number one option. I would expect, but he would be a good third option. Shrug, that's the way that I look at it. He would be a good third option for the New Orleans Saints, right? If you can't get Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston signs with the Colts or he signs with the the Bucks or the Panthers or the 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 Steelers or whatever, then you go to your next one, which is probably Teddy Bridgewater, right? Remember, I almost went an entire episode without saying it. Continuity, familiarity, cohesiveness, cohesion. Those are all focuses. Teddy Bridgewater gives you those things. Teddy Bridgewater is probably option number two. And then you need an option number three, because if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't work out, then what do you do, right? Do you just go to the draft? No, you have to have another option. So Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good third option. Here's why. Jimmy Garoppolo is basically Teddy Bridgewater with like pretty boy confidence, right? Like the confidence of the high school quarterback that you went to high school with. Like that's who that's who Jimmy Garoppolo is. Yes, he misses on some throws. Yes, he has some overthrow issues and some ball placement issues and things like that. 
That's why he's your third option, right? <laughs> right. That's why he's your third option. But can he run a meticulous offense? Yes, he ran Shanahan's. Can he throw passes to the short and intermediate area and catch players in stride? Yeah, that's what he did with the 49ers. That's a reason that Sean Payton liked him coming out of the draft. Like he can run the system for a year or two, right? I don't think he's going to be your franchise quarterback. I don't think that anybody that changes teams three times is going to be your franchise quarterback. But is he somebody that can, you know, bear the burden or lift the weight of the 2022 season? Sure. Absolutely. And then you get ready to transition to your next quarterback in 2023 or in 2024. So do I think that he could, that the Saints could win, I don't know, nine games with Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, excuse me, with, um, with Jimmy Garoppolo? Sure, probably. I mean, they won nine games with, uh, with, with Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill and Ian Book all changing hands. You know what I mean? And they got off to a good start because of Jameis Winston. Don't get me wrong. But if they can win nine games with four different quarterbacks, then yeah, I think they could win nine games with one quarterback or with two quarterbacks, if we're being honest, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, because he's played 40 of 65 possible games for the San Francisco 49ers. There's no reason to expect that his injury history is going to calm down at any point with the New Orleans Saints, unless Matt Rayo makes that big of a difference, which is completely possible, who's coming in as the director of sports science for the New Orleans Saints out of Alabama. So is Jimmy Garoppolo an option? Are the New Orleans Saints connected to Jimmy Garoppolo? Does he make sense? Yeah. But does he make sense as the number one option? No, of course not. Does he make sense as the number three, number four option? Absolutely. Does he make sense as the number four option or the number three option plus a rookie quarterback? Yeah, 100%. Does he make sense if that's the case, but then the quarterback, the rookie quarterback is not in 2022, it's in 2023? Sure, right? So there's there. what I'm trying to emphasize here is that <laughs> instead of being so like pedantic about it, what I'm trying to emphasize here is that there are situations in which this makes sense. There are situations in which it doesn't. And no, Jimmy Garoppolo should not be the number one option for the New Orleans Saints. But if he's the number three option, is it viable? Yeah, it's viable and it makes sense because he's the style of quarterback that you can plug and play into this New Orleans Saints offense while getting a rookie ready or getting a younger quarterback ready behind him. But just be prepared to need a backup quarterback at some point during the season. That would be my thing. So Jimmy Garoppolo to the New Orleans Saints, we'll see. We'll see. It's probably a little bit further down the list than even I think, but I still think it's it's Jameis or Teddy at this point. So we'll see what goes on with the New Orleans Saints. And of course, we got a lot more to update on. New Orleans Saints not expected to use franchise tags this year on Marcus Williams or Teron Armstead. What does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? We're still going to take a look at Cody Burns and his development of wide receivers, how that impacts the New Orleans Saints wide receivers, and much more as we continue on here throughout the week on Locked on Saints. I appreciate you as always. Make it Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. If you've got analytics expert Ryan Tracy, you've got Eric Crocker. They did their mock draft Monday today. Go and check it out for a full first round post NFL combine mock draft. And of course, as always, y'all, for everything you need between these episodes on your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.